Welcome to Social Minute, the podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute. Today, we are going to be covering minute number 61. We are at the halfway point of the film, one hour into the film, all the way up until one hour and 59 seconds. Um, we just get the tail end of uh, Amelia going into the shower, um, and we see that, um, you know, obviously... Sean Parker had previously discovered Facebook was open and he'd seen it and he was curious about it and here he makes a very kind of bold statement about what he's going to go and do um, with regards to that and then we cut to um, you know the oldest building in the country or one of the <laughs> oldest buildings in the country um, as the twins arrive for a meeting with Larry Summers um, and I, I just I mean we'll get into it a little bit more but I love how the scene ends um, but uh, joining me to talk about today is Sean German. Hello, Sean. Oh, hello. Hello, Darren. Thank you for having me. Now, obviously, in this minute, you know, we, we just see the, the, like, I mean, I've already kind of covered it, but we talk a little bit, you know, we see a tiny bit of Amy as she's after the snake scare, um, which is just one of the <laughs> odder moments in the film. Uh, she goes to get back into the shower as she kind of, Dakota Johnson exits the film um, after her kind of brief three minutes um, in the film. And Sean Parker looks determined at the computer screen uh with a you know making a note with a pen and paper and uh amy asks is everything okay as she's walking away and of course he says everything's great i just need to find you mark zuckerberg um and it's it's a really weird moment um i think i think um everything with sean parker only really works because um justin timberlake is so charming yes and, you know, there's some stuff, uh, uh, you know, between him and Amy that's a kind of, like that with a different actor would seem a bit more creepy in the previous minutes. Um, but he's kind of very charming about it. And, you know, he's just I mean, also, you know, he's a handsome boy and he's just like, I don't know, he just he kind of brings something to this part that I don't feel the real life Sean Parker has. <laughs> Uh, which is a certain kind of charm and charisma. I think Sean Parker in real life kind of has like, a, you know, he's like a force of nature. Like he, you know, he certainly kind of can get involved in stuff and all that. Like, you know, he as an entrepreneur, obviously he has a, a certain kind of self-confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just kind of love this line that probably never happened. One of, the, one of the few times in the script. I mean, I think the whole character of Amy is not real either. But like this whole scene is, is just kind of a convenient way for Sean Parker to be introduced outside of depositions because you know this is one of the this the end of this scene is one of the few scenes in the film that is not part of a flashback in a deposition or anything like that um it's just a scene to introduce sean parker um and i just love the whole kind of you know i just need to find you mark zuckerberg like that and it also pays off the whole fact that you know mark zuckerberg had gone to the trouble of putting his own name you know and mark zuckerberg production which obviously divian arendra did not find classy um (laughs) but the fact that he put his name on facebook it's it's now that's how Sean Parker is kind of able to track him down. So it's it's a nice little touch to kind of pay that off. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I don't know much about Sean Parker other than uh, founder of, of Napster. Um, but I, I know if, if 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 Justin Timberlake ever portrayed me in a film or, you know, movie or television show or anything else, I would I would disappear. I would never appear in public ever again. <laughs> I'd want everyone to think of me as JT. Uh, because as you said, he he can pat you know he's he's got charisma. The camera loves him, as they say. And this is this is bordering on like evil genius Bond villain line. This I just need to find you, Mark Zuckerberg. It's such a corny line that obviously, if anyone said this in real life, you'd you'd think they were kidding. But um, when, when coming when voiced by JT on the big screen. It works. <laughs> Just, he he makes it work, yeah. and yeah, it's it's a way to, um, yeah, to get 
to get a new character to get Sean Parker into the main flow of the action and kind of get him involved with uh, with the Facebook and uh, and the Zuckerberg at this point. Yeah, and I think I think it's interesting because I mean, obviously, we're exaggerating the line reading, um, but it is just it's just kind of a, it is a weird line that nobody in real life would say. But you know, it is it's one of those kind of little sorkinism things where like you just kind of have to accept that you know um, Aaron Sorkin clearly wanted to he wanted to introduce Sean Parker before Sean Parker you know has his whole meeting with you know with uh, with with Mark and and with Eduardo mm-hmm. because I think that would have been a little bit more jarring if all of a sudden Sean Parker turns up and walks into the film at that point I feel having this little kind of introduction here um, almost like humanizes him just a little bit uh, and makes kind of it also gives like I said you know like in the previous minute it kind of gives him more of a uh, it's just kind of like a way that I mean Sorkin does this all the time. It's just a way for him to kind of give his backstory and you know kind of tell this puzzled young lady who he is and what he's done and just kind of let the audience know where we are basically. Um, you know, and and the thing is as well is I think this is one of the rare occasions where the the scene with Sean Parker is set at roughly the same time as the meeting with Larry Summers is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because there's a lot of you know time jumping in the film. And normally when we kind of go from scene to scene, we normally go to the deposition and then we come back to, you know, whatever the current, you know, what's going on in the current timeline. Uh, whereas in this case, I think this is one of the rare times where we have something that is happening, you know, in one, at one timeline and it kind of marries up with what's going on with the Winklevoss twins. And then the meeting with Sean Parker happens roughly after they'd met with Larry Summers. So it, like this is all kind of within the same timeline, which is kind of rare within this film. Normally... Uh, the stuff that's kind of going on in the past jumps forward quite quickly. Um, you know, like when we were going through all the emails and stuff, we were basically jumping through like, you know, six months mm-hmm. before yeah. we kind of got to what the present was. So it's kind of interesting that we get two kind of scenes in a row that are roughly in the same kind of time frame. Um, yeah. you know. And then we get to what is probably, I don't know. I, I really kind of, I mean, I love, I love what Army's Hammer do within the film. Um, you know, I, I find that Army Hammer's performance is kind of brilliant um, you know, obviously he's got to play these two different roles. He's going to distinguish them just a little bit so we always kind of know which one is which, um, other than when they're constantly saying their own names, which is always a nice, uh, simple <laughs> indication of that. Yeah. Uh, but also, he kind of, he, like, he certainly carries himself slightly different as he's doing the two roles. Right. Well, if we before we before we get into the, the twins and the scene with Larry, oh, yes. um, Larry Summers, I do want to just talk a little bit about um, one of the lines from Amy about okay. um, about yeah. the site being freakishly addictive. And when she talks about, seriously, I'm on the thing like five times a day. And, and just point out that we're, this is like pre, pre-smartphone at this point. So it's, yeah. where, you know, it's still like 2003 or 2004. Like when she's saying she's – I mean now you're on something five times a day that's practically – not on any it's, it's practically not on at all if you if you're only on Facebook five times a day but back then she's talking about on like a full-sized not well laptop not necessarily a desktop computer but her laptop um, you know not not her phone that's in her pocket at all times but she still finds her way to a laptop five five times a day to to get to the site so yeah. you know we don't know um, you know Sean's you know, impression it's so some of it must be something that he sees that he recognizes um, in the potential of um, of the of the Facebook at this point. But I also I wonder how much that line from Amy kind of reinforces 
Um, you know, if he's thinking, wow, this is going to, you know, this is something that's going to stick with people. And then Amy, her, you know, her line just kind of reinforces that at a point where, yeah, going to a, visiting a website five times a day was a little bit more work, you know, in 2003 or four than it is now when we have the smartphones and you've got the, the web in your pocket at all times. So I yeah. think that's a, a significant line. I, I think it's as well, uh, it's worth saying that um, Facebook had already been registered at this point, which was like April 2004, um, but it took them a while to get to Stanford. So this is probably j like kind of just like May, June-ish time, mm -hmm. um, you know, that which fits in with the fact that obviously later on, Sean Parker will appear at the Stanford house and, you know, it, it, it's kind of midsummer, isn't it? So it, it, like it, it's kind of, you know, just kind of a couple of months after this. Um, yeah, so it's kind of early 2004, which also marries up with the timeline of when the twins managed to get a meeting with um, Larry Summers, um, you know. And uh, as directed in the script, uh, the president's office is one of the two oldest university buildings in the country. Um, and... But it's it, it's a it's a relatively young country before people get too impressed with that. Yeah, I was going to say um, in in my city, there is a point where it is the oldest, like the oldest place in the city. It's generally seen as like the place where the, the person who kind of um, kind of came up with the town when it was or mm -hmm. the village as it was at the time um, or it was just a large homestead at that point. Um, that the oldest point is marked um, and that's from 985. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. AD like so. It's, it's, it's a little it's a, bit older than yeah, uh, than this a, building in Cambridge. Yeah, just a just a tiny bit. Um, yeah, so I mean, we did actually have when when it was a thousand years old, we had uh, Princess Diana flew in on a helicopter to uh, give us, you know, uh, I don't oh. know, a medal or something, and then she flew out. Um, she well, was nice. very briefly in the city just to say, "Yes, you're a thousand years old," and then <laughs> <laughs> off she went. Um, yeah, so, like, the fact that this, you know, the building is 100 years older than the countries it's in, which is obviously, you know, what the secretary tells the twins. Um, and I also kind of like how, uh, like, you know, like Cameron, uh, you know, is, is the one who is kind of calmer than Tyler. And I like how in this situation, <laughs> yeah. when the secretary kind of points it out, Tyler's the one who's like, we're sitting in chairs. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like well, yeah, what possible damage could we do? We're just sitting here. Yeah, he, he's the one who is, like, rankled, like, immediately. Like, and obviously we'll get a payoff to that, you know, three episodes down the line. Um, so I just kind of, I kind of like how Tyler is instantly on edge. Like, like don't tell me the age of the building. or Like, what am I going to do? Smash the place up? Like, I, it feels as well like the secretary can kind of see the rage that simmers underneath Tyler's, you know, um, calm demeanor. Um, you know, yeah, whereas... and I, I, you know, I... I... I'm not good. Well, I'm not good with with character names in in movies in general, and I'm certainly not good with telling twins apart. But the the performance here, and really this week, like if, if even I can tell these guys apart, their their personality, their demeanor, you can see the way they're sitting, even as as they're waiting this minute to to be led into uh, the president's office. You can see, you know, one of them sitting up straight, the other one's kind of slouched with his arm over the back of the chair. Like the just the presentation and the personalities are so distinct. And like you said, yeah, yeah, Cameron's a little more relaxed, making small talk, and then and Tyler's like, "Why are you talking to me? I'm just sitting here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so, but I also I I kind of you know it's not it's not like a particularly big role, but. Uh, uh, Nancy Lenari as the secretary is just kind of, you know, all she's doing is giving them information. And, but I like her kind of demeanor 
of you know it feels like someone who's probably worked you know in this in this office for you know 40 years and he's kind mm-hmm. of tired of students um and in particular kind of, probably kind of tired of students at harvard with a certain <laughs> level of entitlement and you know those are yeah. probably the only ones who ever managed to get a meeting with the president of harvard you know is the, the ones who really kind of push for it um so i i think it's you know her kind of her kind of performance of someone who's kind of like just done with it all um right. is, is kind of uh, is kind of funny as well um yeah I'm, then, I'm guessing there are few people that show up and they're like oh i want an appointment because i want to tell the president of harvard what a great job he's doing um, i'm guessing those kind of appointments are few and far between and it's um you know people with various complaints or, or want something from the university and yeah particularly to have an undergraduate um, in this in this area waiting you're like ah, oh, what this this you know this is going to be a pain <laughs> at yeah. the very least um and then of course she lets them go in and we get to meet larry summers um who is described in the script as a large man which i find i find it's interesting that aaron sorkin kind of just went for that as the description um and uh you know there is apparently a fire crackling in the sitting area as uh, aaron sorkin describes which i think there is but we don't really get much of it in the shot um mm-hmm. And obviously, um, Doug Obansky is the person playing Larry Summers. Larry Summers is a real person, and yes. Doug Obansky is playing that real person. <laughs> uh, Doug Obansky is mostly a, a producer. Uh, he produces pretty much all the films that Gary Oldman is in. Um, I think he might have been nominated for an Oscar because he was a producer on The Darkest Hour, which was you know the Gary Oldman, um, Winston Churchill film from a couple of years back. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so he, I, you know, he's like a PGA member and all that kind of stuff. You know, he's, he's kind of known for producing stuff, um, making kind of like a rare appearance here as an actor. Um, you know, something that apparently was set up through Gary Oldman, um, who knew Kevin Spacey, who obviously was friends with David Fincher. There was a kind of a little bit of a chain where before apparently they had difficulty kind of casting this part. And David Fincher kind of thought of Doug Urbanski because he kind of has roughly this, I don't know, kind of sort of same build as uh, as Larry Summers. And so obviously he was like, you know, um, <laughs> why don't you come in and play Larry <laughs> Summers? Um, and I think this is something that I, you know, certainly will praise. I personally don't think Doug Urbanski is a nice person. Um, there are certain, If you read up on Doug Urbanski, you'll see that his politics are kind of a bit more right wing than I would like. Um, and so, but I think his performance here is so good. I kind of have to forgive him, whatever his <laughs> politics are, because he just does such a good job here of cutting down the twins. Um, and in such a, like we've already, the weird thing is, of course, we've already seen where this is going to lead. We already know that they're going to go and do, you know, going to sue him and we're going to end up in depositions and lawsuits and all the rest of it. Um, so this is really, this, this kind of, these next kind of few minutes are kind of weird because, um, it feels like they're maybe a little bit unnecessary. Like, do we really need to see that the twins wind to just about everybody on campus before they eventually <laughs> sued? Like, you know, but here it's kind of interesting because it's like, well, actually, yeah, it kind of like it kind of gives you kind of, you know, four minutes with the twins um, in a different light to how they are in the deposition and also shows you how they've moved on from all the stuff with you know the emails back and forth. And also it gives us like a couple of like amusing stories along the way. Um, right. But, yeah. You know, this minute is mostly kind of Doug Urbanski doing doing some wonderful phone acting as well. I must say, like his phone work is great. Like pretending somebody else is on the other end of the phone is is always something to kind of it's hard to pull off like really well. And I think he just does some wonderful stuff where he's like talking to this person on the other end of the phone, Catherine, and he's like, you know, 
darkness in the absence of light and stupidity in that instance was the absence of me. Like, he's, he's kind of really... <laughs> Like, I mean, Sorkin is kind of really laying it on thick and turning Larry Summers into this kind of very, um, you know, pardon the pun, urbane, kind of witty person. Um, and I kind of, I love as well how, it, you know, like he says, you know, I have I have students in my office. And then I kind of love the <laughs> students. Like, as if the person students. at the other end is like, that doesn't make any sense. You never yeah. see students. And he's like, I, c- I could not have possibly heard that correctly. It sounded like you said students. <laughs> Yeah, and then he has to clarify and say undergrads. Undergrad. And I imagine at the other end, the person's like, "Really?" And then he's like, "I, I don't know. You know, from the looks of it, they want to sell me a Brooks Brothers franchise." And I love. Yeah, I, I you know, I've, I've read, um, I've read a bit of uh, what Larry Summers has written. I don't know if I've ever heard him speak or, or seen him in person. I have no idea if you know physically if. Um, if, if Doug looks anything like Larry Summers, but this portrayal, you know, these minutes this week, like this is, if I had to fashion in my mind, the president of an Ivy League university, like this is what I would imagine. So he, yeah, he, he plays the part to the T and you got to imagine this is a large university of several colleges and, and multiple graduate schools and a huge endowment and, uh, you know, very high profile uh, at least here in the United States, that yeah, this would be, this would be an exceptional thing that he'd have undergraduates, um, you know, in front of him in this office, and it goes back to uh, something you've talked about on the show, and something um, Mark talked about. Zuckerberg is, you know, you've in in this university full of exceptional people, of outstanding people, how. How do you distinguish yourself? How do you mark yourself as exceptional? And so one of the things we're seeing here is that these, these you know, Cameron and Tyler, they're not just, you know, they're not just exceptionally good students and exceptional athletes, but they're, they must be exceptional in some other way because they have this exceptional meeting. And again, it's one more thing that Mark wants that they have, that, you know, that they stand out even amongst this community of outstanding people. I, I will say this in terms of, you know, what Larry Summers looks like. He has a bit more hair than Doug Abansky, Um <laughs> but maybe he's a bit more jowly than Doug Abansky. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, yeah. you know, other than that, they kind of they have roughly the same kind of demeanor. Um, we'll talk more about Larry Summers tomorrow because I, I feel like this opening is mostly about Sorkin delivering some hilarious lines to you know the whole brooks brothers thing i don't know how much that feels like larry so this feels very much like a sorkin character just kind of wisecracking mm-hmm. um and of course we get the introduction from cameron because cameron is a sensible one and he always does the introductions and he says good morning sir i am cameron winklevoss and this is my brother tyler and of course this is where summers you know he's got these papers in his hand uh, again nice space work from dagobanski good good kind of prop stuff he, like he's you know he very much sells what's going on here um, and he takes these these kind of pages off the top, and it feels like, you know, he's read like he's reading something. And it to me, uh, and and you know, we'll get more into this tomorrow. But it does feel like his attention is gone. Like he's not <laughs> like when he asks when he says, "And you're here because," which is where our minute ends. The kind of the gap that he leaves, I can kind of understand, and we'll talk about this more tomorrow. But why Cameron and Tyler don't respond because it, it does seem like he's about to say something else. Um, just the, the way that it's delivered, um, you know, but I, yeah, like in the script, it said that he pulls a 10 page letter off the top. <laughs> so that shows you how much whining and moaning the Winklevoss twins did probably through their father's, you know, legal counsel uh, about this particular situation is that it's a 10 page letter. 
Um, but yeah, that's where the minute finishes is after the kind of introductions um, and the, this kind of whole, you know, Brooks Brothers thing. I just, I don't know. I, I really enjoy what Doug Urbanski does in this performance. Like I say, I don't know how accurate it really is to Larry Summers. Like like yourself, I haven't really heard much of him like speaking or whatever. Um, but it, it just kind of... Um, I don't know. Let, let's put it like this. In terms of like biographies and stuff like that, or biopic, should I say, you know, it feels real. Like it feels like a bit of a lived in performance, even though he's in like for four minutes of the film. It feels like, you know, this is Larry Summers. Like it doesn't feel like Doug Urbanski giving a performance. It really feels like he's in the, the space of like a Harvard president, you know, someone who is clearly very busy with other things and mm-hmm. doesn't need to speak to students. <laughs> Yeah. And I think he really, you know, he really kind of gets that across in these next few minutes of like, why are these people in my office seems to be like his underlying performance, you know? Why are they here? You know, they shouldn't really be here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he see, and he seems to be, you know, repeating that same question. Why are you here? And why should I care? And, you know, and then we also, we, we will get a taste of, of Cameron's debate style. And, you know, I don't... I don't know if that question ever really gets answered. I think by the time we finish this, I think Larry, I keep wanting to say Larry Sanders, um, (laughs) but by the end of this, I think Larry Summers is still asking that same question. I don't know if he ever gets a a satisfying answer of why are you here and why do I care? And, you know, say, well, you know, we did this, but why do I care? Well, and then Zuckerberg did this other thing. Why do I care? Well, we want, you know, (laughs) and I, I don't know if they ever quite get to the bottom of you know why why should larry why should mr summers care about any of this and in the end he doesn't well Um, we'll get a lot more into that as the week goes on because obviously we could drill down into the details of you know um exactly exactly why they're in larry's office uh is there anything else that you feel we need to say about this minute no i think that's all i had it really kind of yeah it's it's a really good minute kind of setting up what we're going to see and it really good it almost fits exactly the five minutes of this week are going to be mainly just this scene so we're kind of set up for uh for what's to come um now my question on mondays for people of course is did you see the social network at the cinema so uh did you see it at the cinema sean i did not see it in the cinema i think i saw it uh would have been very soon though after it was on either home video um, either on a, a, a movie station or uh, we possibly rented it. I know it got very good buzz, and I'm always skeptical when I hear like a movie's really great, it, one way or the other. They're really great or really bad, and then I watch and I'm like, all right, it was good, but it wasn't great, or it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as everyone said. So I always get skeptical when when I hear, you know, when the praise is too much about a particular film. So I, I did not see it in the in the cinema but i did see it on home video and then i'm like yeah in this case i think people were right i think it was deserving of of the praise it got so i certainly enjoyed it when i did see it but it was not in the cinema i I think my dvd cover has like a whole bunch of like four and five stars all over it um kind of almost as if to sell it to the public and be like look everybody loved this film (laughs) like yeah um, well it's it's you know yeah it's it's a good writer and a good director and some good acting and it's um, it really strikes to, it's about, you know, it's about the characters. It really is character driven and personality driven with, um, you know, with Zuckerberg, the the Winklevoss twins, Eduardo, you know, all these, all these characters. So it's not, yeah, it's not about the founding of the company or building of a website or any of that stuff. It really is about these characters and they are, they're interesting characters. So, 
so the movie works in that regard. And of course, you know, Oscar award-winning words, um, you know, because uh, he did win the Oscar for best adapted screenplay. I think it was in, um, you know, uh, yeah. and I think he deserved it. I think you know, it's a tight script. Let's put it like this: we're only halfway <laughs> through the film. We're on page ninety almost. So. Um, Aaron Sorkin is way, way ahead of us at this particular point. Um, you know, uh, well, I think we've said pretty much everything that we can about this minute. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Sean? Uh, well, sure. I'll just uh, direct folks to catandshawn.org. And that's uh, C-A-T and Sean, S-E-A-N.org. And from there, I link to uh, all of my guest appearances. So... Um, You'll, there'll be a link to this minute and in the other minutes uh, coming up later this week. But if you want to see what other podcasts I've, I've been guests on, what other movies I've talked about, uh, that's the place to find it. So just go to catandshawn.org. And of course, you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash the social minute or on Twitter at social underscore minute or on Facebook at the social minute podcast. Thanks once more for being my guest here today, Sean. Oh, thank you for having me. And I'll see you tomorrow.